All the troubles you will ever know are only here. And glory awaits you forever. And if that is the reality, we worship a God of great grace and wonderful favor who is using our lives to reach with the testimony of the gospel those who desperately need it in a world full of unfairness, whose realities teach them over and over again that the path you're on away from God is not contentment and is not happiness. It's not rewarding. Today on the Song Time broadcast, we wrap up our study in Psalm 73 in this message from Brian Chapel as we declare that, that God is faithful. While it looks like the wicked are prospering, we can be confident that God is faithful to those who seek after Him. But first, we'll continue our conversation with Ken Ham as we talk about the importance of the God of creation and why this doctrine needs to be held fast to as it's under attack by the mainstream media. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. The devil has been around for a long time. His craft and power is great, and his tricks are very manipulative. They're often very hard to notice. In fact, the devil will often not attack us to our front, but he will find ways to sneak in behind us and attack us from behind. As such, the the world has seemed to accept the idea of Jesus being a great leader, a great moral teacher, and even praising him and exalting him in, in many pulpits. And yet, there's also an attack on our understanding of doctrine and theology that many people will often overlook, and that is why the devil attacks us there. This week, we've been talking about the doctrine of creation, how God created the heavens and the earth, and how everything that can be explained in our world is uh, the natural universe created by God. Our guest this week has been Ken Ham. He's the founder of Answers in Genesis, as well as the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, and he joins us to talk about this very important subject. Uh, to any of our listeners, Ken, that are struggling with this, they, they want to understand why it's significant, but they also want to understand how to address it. What advice do you have for our listeners on why it's important to understand the onslaught in the mainstream media that is attacking the foundations of our faith, which is that God created all of the natural universe? Well, you know, it is an onslaught. You're right. And uh, for those that go to public schools and secondary universities and so on, even many Christian universities, sadly, um, they're being inundated uh, with teaching of evolution of millions of years and and also, you know, moral relativism in regard to LGBT and so on. And, you know, how do they navigate that? You know, as a Christian, I, I challenge people that if the Bible is what it claims to be, it's the word of God, then we need to stand on God's word and then use ministries like Answers and Genesis. I mean, we provide a wealth of information through our websites, through the books and, you know, our streaming service and the exhibits we have at the, at the attractions. Um, you know, you don't have to be an expert in geology, biology, astronomy. You, we have experts in those areas who do truly believe God's word. And we've given lots of answers. So we provide the material for you. So I encourage you uh, to, to research that and to find these answers because they can mean a lot to you and help you in your witnessing. And for the non-Christian, I challenge them to look at the research that our scientists have done, for instance. We've done research in all the various disciplines and we've got answers uh, to many of the questions that they have. 
Uh, even questions about, you know, where did God come from? How do you know there's a God? Well, you know, how do you know the Bible is true? I, I mean, all the skeptical questions, and most of the skeptical questions people have today, we've had people give answers to these. And I challenge people to look at those answers. A lot of times, non-Christians don't even want to consider them. They just believe what they were taught. And I'm challenging you, stand back and have a look at what Christians are saying and what an organization like Answers in Genesis providing through all the apologetics material where we have scientists who've worked on these and give you answers that challenge the secular worldview and are saying to you, you know what, the Bible really is what it claims to be. It really is the word of God. One of the things I'm really impressed about your ministry with Answers in Genesis is that you have a, a lot of really great academics on your staff, a lot of people that have come and, and worked through the ministry. A lot of them even have come through uh, by means of, of studying creation and that being the means by which they came to Christ. I think mean, it is a real, really remarkable way that, that God has used to bring people who were antagonistic against the belief that God created the world, that through their study, they've found the revelation of the true saving power of Christ. Well, you know, I, I, for me, an analogy is the raising of Lazarus. In the New Testament, we read when Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, and he said, right, we know Lazarus is dead. By the way, the Bible says we're dead uh, in trespasses and sin. A non-Christian is like a dead person. We're dead spiritually as a non-Christian. And Jesus says, roll away the stone. Now, Jesus could have said, stone, go away. But he said, you roll away the stone. That's sort of akin to what we do. We're rolling away the stumbling blocks. We're saying, look, we've got answers to this, to carbon dating, to, to you know, the attacks on God's word. We've got these that we're rolling the stone away. But then only Jesus could raise the dead. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And we do all that. We provide all these apologetic answers and have the attractions to point people to the fact that God's word is true. And what does God's word say? It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's only God's word that saves. I can't go out there and uh, save somebody. Only God's word saves. Uh, we're not the ones that do the saving. But what we do do is give people answers and continue to point them to the word of God, which is uh, the truth. And then God's word will not return unto him void. And God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, as God's word says, and believe in your heart God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's what I see our, our ministry is, rolling the stone away and pointing people to the word that saves. We've been talking with Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. He's also the author of many great books, as well as the books that they published through their ministry. A great resource also with the attractions of the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. There's a lot uh, that they have to offer on this subject, the doctrine of the creation of God. It's been a real privilege to have him with us. Ken, I can't thank you enough for uh, sharing your time with us in this ministry and encouraging us to hold fast to the doctrines of our faith. Hey, thanks, Adam. Anytime. If you want to find out more information about Ken Ham, the Ministry of Answers in Genesis, as well as their Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, please give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. That's 508 
888-888-7070 or head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, today we are continuing our study in Psalm 73 as we're looking at the story of Asaph and this psalm of his reflection on why do the wicked prosper. He spends a lot of his time thinking about this. In fact, it said he woke up every morning contemplating this fact. And this is just a reminder that how you begin your day is really going to affect the rest of your day. What your devotions are in the morning, what you're saying to yourself, what you're speaking out into your heart is really going to affect you negatively or positively. Why it's so important for us to begin our day with the Word of God and preaching the gospel to ourselves. It wasn't until uh, Asaph got alone with God into the sanctuary with God that he understood the errors of his own ways as well as the consequences of those who will be punished in rebellion against God and the blessings and the rewards that come with knowing God and pursuing his kingdom. Here is a great message from Brian Chapel as we wrap up this week's study in Psalm 73. If you could be promised that the most powerful being of the universe, the king of all creation, would be near you, and regardless of what happened in life, he would never leave you or forsake you. He's for you. He's holding you. And what do I need beside that? That that is my deepest, dearest desire is to know that that God is with me and for me. And even if this life is not all that I hoped it would be, he will take me into glory. And the word glory, I think, you know, in the Old Testament is is mainly reserved for God himself. As though God is saying, I take you to myself. And, and that is an eternity that God is promising. Think about that. It is, it is this great promise of God that, that whatever is experienced here, as hard as it may be, will only be experienced here. That, that whatever trial, whatever difficulty, whatever tragedy, it will be no more in glory. And so, you know, we, we sing Amazing Grace so regularly, we, we may stop hearing the words. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun, we've no less years, right? To sing God's praise than when we first begun. So, so who cares about 10,000? 10, 10 billion! 10 billion billion! Which means the expanse of this life is but a nanosecond to the eternity that we shall have. We... We are not just earthly beings with a heavenly future. We are heavenly beings with an earthly moment. And in that earthly moment, we are able to, to witness of the Savior, to, to tell the world, to, to show friend and family that when there is difficulty, when there is heartache, I still believe that God is here. I still believe He is present, that He will guide me through the hardest things and that He will take me to glory where these things will be a past memory lived faithfully to claim more who need glory, including my own family, my own dear ones, my neighbors, my co-workers. And so I endure with faithfulness. I endure with love for Christ. I endure with knowledge of his love for me. I live in the moment as though glory is forever because that is the true reality. And when that reality is ours, then we believe that just as it is true, that everything that evil will gain is here and now, and it's very slippery, that all the troubles you will ever know are only here, and glory awaits you forever. And if that is the reality, 
We worship a God of great grace and wonderful favor who is using our lives to reach with the testimony of the gospel those who desperately need it in a world full of unfairness, whose realities teach them over and over again that the path you're on away from God is not contentment and is not happiness. It's not rewarding. Just put on real glasses and you'll see that. One of my own personal heroes is Cassie Bernal. Do you remember that? 17-year-old, killed at Columbine. Made famous because initially after the shootings at Columbine, she was the one hiding under the library table who had a gun stuck in her face and the question asked, do you believe in God? And Cassie answered, Yes, before she was shot. The night before her death, Cassie Bernald, who had lived a a turbulent, even beastly life, but had come to know the Lord, wrote in her own journal, Honestly, I now want to live completely for God It's hard, it's scary, but worth it. And in her devotional, the day of the shooting, she read this. We can only win, really win in this life, when we remain faithful to the truth that every little part of us is completely safe in the divine embrace of an eternal God. Isn't that amazing? Every single little part of us is entirely safe in the divine embrace of an eternal God. But what I recognize is the power of not only her testimony, but her mother's, who may have lost even more in her hurt and heartache when it seemed that there was no reason to believe that God was fair or good, she appeared on Oprah, the mother of Cassie Bernal. And to questions she once said, I keep thinking of all the things that I should do for Cassie. And then she said to Oprah, I catch myself. I I don't need to think of all the things I need to do for Cassie. The Lord is taking care of all the mom things with my daughter. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. I've shared this story on the radio before, but uh, I think it's worthy of sharing once again. When I was 21 years old, I 
I was serving on a ministry team. I was in between my uh, sophomore and junior year of college and traveling all over the United States, serving the church, calling people to commit their lives to full-time ministry. All the while, in my heart, it was growing this dark spot. I was growing bitter with God. I, I felt that God owed me more than I had received. And as a result, my my prayers or my journals, I was writing in my journal. I said, I feel like every time I get a drop of water in my cup, I've got to spoon it out and give it to somebody else. And then I said, if this is ministry, I don't want any part of it. I was ready to walk away from God. I can resonate with Asaph because I've been there before. Then a week later, somebody confronted me and reminded me of what it says in Hebrews 11.6 that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, I had been serving God and expecting that God owed me because I had put so much time into service and ministry that God then needed to respond to me in some way that, that compensated me for all of my hard work. But the truth is, the reality is, we are all debtors of grace. We, we never deserve anything from God except to be punished for our sins. But God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price and then gives us a righteousness that we could have never earned on our own. Even if we cleaned up our act and never sinned again, we would always fall short of the glory of God. But God graciously loved us. He he lavished his love upon us. We are debtors of grace, and it is a joy and a privilege to serve him. Well, spoiler alert, I didn't leave ministry at the age of 21. In fact, that propelled me to go deeper into my walk and my, my love for God, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and to trust him with all of the good things, to find my contentment in God and God alone. Where does Asaph go wrong in this psalm? Where did he see his foot almost slip? Well, the same way we see it, and I saw it in my story. I was ready to give up on God because I felt God owed me something. I was looking at the wicked and wondering why I couldn't get away with evil in my own life. The truth is, and, and this is really important for us to understand, as long as we keep our eyes looking at the things of this world, we will be distracted with the the, gl the glitz, the glimmer, the shine, and all of the attractiveness of sin and not see the ultimate consequence for sin. What should we do then? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first God and trust that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And to look to Jesus, Hebrews 12 too, the author and finisher of our faith, to keep our eyes fixed on Christ, to acknowledge that he ultimately is our final goal, our ultimate goal. And in looking to him, find that all of the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How you start your day then really matters. It says here in Psalm 73 that Asaph began his mornings thinking about the injustices in the world. If that's where you begin your days, you're setting your day for failure. You're setting your, your waypoint, your trajectory to a downward spiral. Instead, begin each day by looking to Jesus, by reading his word, by listening to him and praying to him, and then 
by preaching the gospel to yourselves. I hope that we as a ministry can do that. Uh, it's something we try to do every single day, but ultimately it, it comes onto your shoulders. What are you speaking to yourself? Because quite honestly, nobody listens to you as much as you listen to you. And you listen to yourself better than you listen to anyone else. So what are you saying to yourself? That is what truly matters. Are you preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to your heart, your soul, and your mind? I hope that we've been able to encourage you today. If we have, we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at Songtime Radio, PO Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or look us up on social media. And on behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't grow in disgrace, We want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Psalms 85, 4, and 7. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation.